Welcome to the Contemporary Controversy Podcast. My name is Chad and I will be your host for today. This is the first official episode of Contemporary Controversy. Super excited because on today's show, I have two special guests with me. Drum roll, please. Adam and Juliana. Adam is my brother and Juliana is my sister-in-law. Um, Adam, I would love for you to... Uh, Introduce yourself as well as Juliana, and then I will introduce myself. And if you could, just introduce yourself, tell your relationship status, and how long um, you've been in that relationship status as well. Uh, Juliana, I'll get you to start us off with that. Hey, I'm Juliana. I am currently married. Uh, been married for almost five years in a few months. Um, but I was single until I was 29. So... Awesome, Adam. Hi, my name is Adam, and I am 37 years old. Uh, I got married when I was 31, too. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I've been happily married for almost um, five years. Well, Adam, that's a good brownie point right there to say you're happily married. <laughs> so I commend you on that. Man, I am so excited for y'all to join this podcast today. I'm super excited to talk about the topic we'll be talking about. Uh, I specifically felt the Lord just laid on my heart last minute uh, actually to do a podcast dealing with singleness and how the church has handled it and how should we approach it as a community of believers together. And if you aren't a believer listen to this, um, that's okay. Uh, you're more than welcome to listen in and uh, just hear what we have to say coming from our perspective. Um, today's podcast, as I mentioned before, we'll be talking about singleness. Uh, we'll check this out. Now, before you check out, uh, oh, also, before I get into this, I want to introduce myself. My name is Chad, and I am your host. Um, I am 31 years old. I almost forgot my age, too. I am 31 years old, just turned 31, and I am single, and I've been single majority of my life, actually. Uh, and so that just kind of gives you a background of who we all are and where we stand and that way you can understand our perspective and where we're coming from. So before you check out and think, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not single. Well, actually it probably does. This applies to the church, married people, and anyone that can be encouraged by listening to this. Maybe you're single, maybe you're divorced, maybe you're struggling in your marriage, maybe you're widowed, or maybe you even have zero desire to get married. Which, by the way, is not a bad thing. Part of the reason I felt led to talk about this is that I think the church has just done a poor job in dealing with singles for quite a while now. What do I mean? Well, singles are separated from a lot of things. Culture seems to put a lot of pressure on married people, or a lot of pressure on being married, and sometimes even the church. I think there seems to be this idea that if you aren't married, uh, you aren't complete. Well, I have two married people with me currently, and I think they can both basically say that simply is not true. Right, Adam and Juliana? That is yes. correct. They agree. We have two people in the room that agree with me, and I know many, many married people currently that can testify to this very truth. Uh, because at the end of the day, a married couple's two single individuals who both have their own personal walks with Jesus Christ. 
So let's dive right into the podcast. Um, I just want to start off with uh, Adam and Julianne. I really just want to hear um, your take on your time of singleness. What are the things that you felt? And how do you think that singleness has been held uh, even within the church? Um, Juliana, if you would like, I would love for you just to kind of dive into this. Sure. Well, um, let's see. I was very aware of my singleness actually from a pretty young age. There's a lot of uh, younger girls who don't think about um, getting married except for like planning a wedding, which of course (laughs) we all want that like big wedding and cake and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I was, I felt like I was always really preoccupied with looking for that next relationship with basically wanting to feel fulfilled. And I learned that I was looking for it in the wrong place because only Jesus can fulfill you in the way that you were meant to be fulfilled. Um, the right godly relationship can really encourage you and can make you um, grow as a person can even lead you closer to the Lord, but it's, you know, it's no substitute for your actual relationship with the Lord. And, um, so for years I would look for relationships, get into one. And just since this, um, not discouragement, but just kind of a dissatisfaction with everything. And I mean, I realized finally right before I met my husband that I just wasn't looking for Jesus. I mean, I was really more looking for human, I don't know, affirmation. Um, Singleness. uh, I did like, I did feel like there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities as a single in our church, Mm -hmm. Um, especially since I was an older single. Um, You know, most of the singles in our church were in the college and career group, which I did go to. But when I was 27 and 28, a lot of them were either in college, 18, or, I mean, even up to 24. I just didn't really feel like I fit into my own life stage. Um, Mm. Most of the people my age were already married in the newlywed class or even already had young children. So, um, you know, I think there's definitely a need to kind of fill those gaps there. And also to, um, just to help, I guess, society in general, not put so much pressure if you're not married yet. Um, you know, every time I go to a family reunion, that was like one of the first questions, um, they would ask me is, Hey, do you have a boyfriend? Like, how's the love life? I was just like, Oh gosh, you know, like I'm so much more than that. Like, you know, ask me about how I'm doing in school. Like ask me about how I'm serving in the church, like how God's growing me. Like, don't, you know, just ask me about that. I felt like that was just such a small part of who I was. Yeah. Um, I honestly, <laughs> I, I almost got a little snarky in one family reunion. I almost got a t-shirt that says, yes, I'm still single. Like back <laughs> off. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll hand it over to Adam. <clears throat> well, how can I beat that? But that was a pretty good story. Um, yeah, so I was um, single for quite a while, um, up into my early 30s. Um, there was a lot of pressure, and there was a lot of pressure from society that um, you should get married young, and you know, 
all that, but when it really comes down to it, you really have to get in for it for the right reasons. And um, I always thought I knew what those were, but um, in the real scheme of things, um, I was very focused on you know finding my wife, uh, finding someone I want to spend my entire life with, rather than focus on focusing on my relationship with uh, God, who should be first and most of our priorities in life. And um, so, yeah, for a long time I was preoccupied with, especially in college, uh, for finding a wife, when really I should have been focusing on, you know, God, of course, at first, and then um, education and whatnot, and then the, the rest should have all fallen into place, and it's due timing, but instead I took it in my own hands and tried to fulfill needs that, um, you know, they just weren't, it wasn't God's timing. And so it just takes a lot of growing over the years and maturing and um, lots of other things. Uh, and eventually uh, I lucked out. I got the most amazing girl I could ever ask for. Um, we had actually dated back in 2007, and um, that was for a short amount of time. And I was about 24. Um, it just wasn't really the right time. We really enjoy being around each other, but I was more in my uh, shyer stages of life. I uh, really wasn't super sociable. Um, and it just took a lot of growth. I still needed to figure out where I wanted to be in my walk with God, and I wanted to figure out you know, what, I wanted, what I wanted to do in life as far as career goes, and I had a lot of uh, maturing to do as well. So... Um, over the next several years, I did a lot of maturing. I stepped out of my shell and uh, became less of a hermit. And um, eventually, I'm still a hermit at times, but it's it's a walk in progress, a slow walk in progress. But it's definitely been um, a great journey. I've been very thankful for it, and I wouldn't have anything any different. Awesome. Adam, well, thanks for sharing. And Juliana, thanks for sharing too. So, just to give uh, the audience kind of a backstory of myself, uh, I have been, as I said earlier, single for 31 years. And there's definitely been a lot of ups and downs in this singleness. Um, as Juliana kind of pointed out, uh, one of the common questions, even within my own family, mom, dad, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> but, uh, if you in your own family and friends and everything else there is definitely a a stigma that just kind of comes with culture that uh that you got to be married at, at a certain age and being 31 and single i guess today is a little more common but uh there definitely is a lot of pressure i think within the church um that you need to be married and so for myself it just hasn't fallen into my lap yet uh, I haven't really pursued it a whole lot lately, um, but I think more than anything now, I'm growing to appreciate it more just to be used by the Lord in my time of singleness because there is a lot more freedom that comes with that. But also, if the time comes along to marry someone, I'm totally open to that. And I've kind of said this from day one, like recently, just like, look, if there's a girl out there who's willing to put up with me and to 
be with me and be an encouragement to me, but also me to be an encouragement to her as well, then by all means, like, let's make it happen. But for right now, I think that the Lord is has me in a season of singleness so that I can grow in my walk with the Lord and also just serve the church, even as simple things as doing a podcast and talking about these things that are a little challenging to talk about at times because I think that sometimes it's hard to do justice on these things that are difficult to talk about. Now, if you're single and you're listening to this, understand there is nothing wrong with you. That is a lie that the enemy will come at you non-stop with. I think all three of us in this room can testify and understand that that is a lie that we all felt at one point or another. As you get older and older, you begin to think something is wrong with you. Why are you not compatible with another individual? And I will say that is not true. Now, there's a few myths that I think come with singleness. A few of these are, I need to be married to have self-worth. Another one is, I need to get married to grow my walk with the Lord. Oh, my favorite. Marriage will fix issues with lust and insecurities. Marriage will fix my loneliness. Or the last one, and this is a bit more controversial, is the Lord desires you to get married. Now, just to clarify that last one, I'm not saying that the Lord hates marriage. I think the Lord values marriage, and I think there's plenty of scriptures that would indicate that he is supportive of marriage. But I don't think that's his number one goal for any of our lives. I think he's called us to love others and love himself. Now, I think we have to dive into scripture a little bit to understand kind of where I'm coming from on this. Uh, One of the passages in scripture that uh, I was brought to was Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Uh, Jesus is talking to the uh, Sadducees and Pharisees, and they say, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Paul even speaks on singleness all throughout the book of like 1 Corinthians. He says, I wish all were as myself I am. He's referring to singleness. But each has a particular gift from God. One having one kind and another having another kind. To the unmarried and the widows, I say it is well for them to remain as I am. Moving further, Paul says, I want you to be free from all anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried man and the virgin are anxious about the affairs of the world, so that they may be holy in the body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about the affairs of the world. How to please your husband. I say this for your own benefit, to not put any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. So, with that said, Scripture definitely speaks very highly of singleness. But unfortunately, 
I think the church has forgotten to uh, put some emphasis on the benefits of singleness. Now, I know for myself, uh, because of that pressure, there's been a lot of insecurities. And kind of like I said earlier, is uh, you feel not enough. And you feel like you're lacking something if you don't have a spouse. Now, I'd be curious to get y'all's thoughts on how do you feel the church should approach singles? And how do you think we can go about moving forward uh, as just believers in Christ to really encourage the singles around us, whether you're a married couple or if you're in the single stage or whatever else, how can we do a better job at that? Adam, would you like to start on this? Sure. So I think the church, um, I guess early on it, uh, I was, you know, you have, of course, you're single. So, you know, you join the singles group at church and, you know, you do all the single events and, Really, ultimately, I think you're there. I mean, at least in my story, I was, I was there not necessarily because, well, yeah, I was there for church, of course. But when you're single, there's pressure around you in the world that you know you need to find your, your one and only, and um, so you're definitely preoccupied with finding basically your future wife, and that's not necessarily what it should be. Um, you should be focusing on your walk with God. And then everything else will basically fall into place when it's when God's ready for you to do that. And so early on in my uh, college years, my mind was preoccupied with finding my wife, and it should have been more focused on the walk, my walk with Jesus. So, you know, after multiple times of uh, falling down and getting back up, um, I eventually realized that after uh, several um, relationships, and I realized that. You know, we're not, we're not really built to just find our mate in life. We're ultimately responsible and um, we're supposed to be devoted to God. He's our first and only priority in life. And then everything else falls into place. And so once I finally realized that, um, I got very content. I was happy with the way I was. I was happy that I was single. I enjoyed having my, you know, alone time and whatnot, and I was, I was honestly happy and content for the first time ever in my life in all the, you know, my early 30s, and that was something that I never thought would ever come, and previously I always thought, you know, oh well, yeah, maybe I'm ready for marriage, but actually I really wasn't, so as, as time grew on and the more mature I got and the, the better in my walk with God, I finally got content and I was very happy where I was. But then, um, Juliana, my wife now, came to my life and she just, throughout the years, had eventually come in, you know, come in and out of my thoughts. But I was like, you know, I'm not ready right now. And I'm um, just, I got other things to focus on first before I'm ready to get married. And so, um, Eventually, uh, in uh, 2014, I decided that it was time to, not really time to get married, but I, I, I finally was happy with, uh, I didn't even seek a, you know, a marriage at all. It, it just, it was completely natural. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way. 
but I definitely feel that church definitely um, it, singles are kind of singled out, and so literally, yeah, literally they're singled out because nowadays it really doesn't seem like it. Uh, most of the churches that you know visit, there's not really a whole lot of singles programs out there now. And really, um, that's actually a great time for you to grow as a believer. And so, um, even though you're married, um, the singles really want to be included in things. And they want to be nurtured and um, encouraged. And um, we want to feel a part of a, a family hmm. and grow in a relationship with God. Awesome. Adam, well, thanks for sharing. Adam, before I hand off the mic to Juliana, I just want to touch on uh, one of the things you said that I think is so uh, just prolific and profound um, because I think the right timing is everything. Um, I think we're so caught up in finding the one, and I think the reality is some of us just aren't simply ready. Um, if you're single out there and you're listening to this and you really want to find a spouse, look, I get it. I am in the same shoes that you are. I would love to find a spouse. Uh, however, um, I don't want to settle. Um, I, I, I hate cliche terms of saying, you know, don't choose anything less than God's best and all that. I'm not a big fan of those terms. They kind of make me gag. But I see the premise behind it. And I do appreciate the factor that it is so true that if you rush and try to make things happen when it's not the right time, it's not going to work out very well. And I say this because being single for as long as I have, I've seen tons of people get married over the years. And Honestly, from my ex witnessing those marriages and whatnot, I can say firsthand the marriages that are most healthy are the ones that organically happen. It wasn't forced. It wasn't um, anything that they forced happened. Did they pursue each other? Yes. But there was a sense in waiting and to where they didn't squander their time in singleness. And so we have to be really careful. Uh, quite frankly, the purpose of the podcast is to be a little controversial, to push back against what society says. Now, if you're in a relationship right now, I think you need to evaluate a few things. Is there anything in your life right now that you've not dealt with? If you have not dealt with those things, now this can be a large list of things, insecurities, pornography, uh, addictions, alcohol, drugs, uh, pride, shame. The list kind of goes on and on, but there's a large list of things that I can assure you after talking to married people uh, that these things will not dissipate when you get married. They will simply be exposed. I heard a pastor one time say, singleness exposed, or a marriage exposes singleness. So in other words, the time that you spent in your singleness will be eventually brought to the surface during your time of marriage. Uh, because uh, if we don't get healing from these things, it'll lead to a destruction in an unhealthy marriage. So if you're in a relationship already, 
that's fine. But I would encourage you and challenge you to really rethink the way that you're dating. Are you dating for the purpose of, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? Or are you just dating to date because you feel not enough? Now, obviously, I think this can be taken to one extreme, um, as pretty much everything can. But I do think that we have to evaluate at what Scripture really says. Now, I hear people say all the time, but if you have the desire in your heart, it means that the Lord's going to bless it. I would push back against that and say that's not necessarily the case. Because Psalms 37.4 does say, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Here's a passage that is taken out of context way too often. Let's backtrack and kind of slow down and read the verse. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, essentially what that's saying is that when I'm delighting myself in the Lord, my desires begin to follow the Lord's desires. Now, kind of what I said at the beginning of the podcast of the Lord's number one goal in our life is that we love Him and love others in that marriage is not listed in that statement. Now, I know some people might push back and disagree, and that's okay. But we have to realize that God's goal for us any of us is not simply to find satisfaction in another person. It's just not. And whether you're married or single, these are things that we have to recognize. So think about where you're at currently. Do you honestly think that you are ready to pursue someone else? And if not, maybe you should slow down, evaluate the giftings that God has already given you, and put those to good use within the church. And and married people, please, please encourage single people. Don't ask them constantly, are you, are you married yet? Are you fine with that, That's the last thing they need. I think what a married couple needs to do is invite singles into their household. Invite them in. Make them feel welcome. Because at the end of the day, we all want to feel loved. Now, That love can only be found in Jesus Christ. But if you can be the hands and feet of Jesus to those single people around you, I can tell you firsthandly, they will greatly appreciate that. Now, Juliana, I would love to hear your thoughts on how maybe you feel like the church could do a better job in this and maybe ways that you've seen it played out in your own life as well. And any other things you would just like to add on to this? Thanks, Chad. Um, Well, I really think that, like what you touched on already, that it is such a blessing to have couples in the church who are married, who are living out a godly marriage, where they're respecting each other, uh, where they're growing together, um, where they're transparent about their shortcomings. And um, I think it was just really helpful for me to see those couples and go, okay, you know, either I'm single right now and that's what I want in the future and it kind of helps shape my expectations of what a good marriage looked like um, and also encouraged me to become a person worth marrying because I think we all, whether it's an actual written list like I had since I was 14 of characteristics I wanted in a spouse um, or whether it's just in your mind, 
we all kind of have a checklist, so to speak, of things, of non-negotiables that we really need um, that are really important to us and a spouse. Like, of course, a lover of Jesus. Um, I wanted a husband who respected his mother. I think if a man respects his mother, that shows a lot about, um, you know, how he would respect another woman in his life. There were several things that I had like that. Nothing really um, physical traits or, you know, money or anything like that, but more character traits. But, um, you know, at some point, God kind of convicted me. He's like, well, would you match on somebody else's list? Um, and that kind of encouraged me to look at my own life. Mm-hmm. And just as God is constantly, I love how he never leaves us alone. Like he never leaves us as we are because we're supposed to look more and more like Jesus. And so um, he continues to etch away the pieces of us that are uh, not honoring to him. And so I would look at my own life and go, well, um, no, like in this area, I really don't think that I would be desirable in this area. Uh, And so that really helped me um, stay humble when I was looking (laughs) and also just to stay realistic with my own shortcomings. Um, So, I mean, I think that's really helpful just to, to have couples in the church that are transparent about their marriages that model good godly marriages and also for you to take a look at yourself just like you were saying Chad and just um be like well you know would I be a good spouse same thing with just finding friends in general like you know be a good friend you'll find good friends you know um I do think that singles groups are helpful um I don't know that they're the end-all be-all um you know, I was involved in a lot in women's ministry. That wasn't single specific. Um, that really did help me grow a lot. But singles ministries are helpful to, um, you know, singles, one thing that you do have on your side, a benefit right now, which sometimes I miss, but I don't miss, like, I mean, I'm glad I'm married, but, um, <laughs> you know, I do, I do miss the freedom and the time that I had before I was married. You know, now I have to come home and cook dinner and grocery shop and things. When I was single, if I was feeling lazy, I could come home and eat a whole cake and no one would know because <laughs> I lived alone. You know, I could come home and make a lean cuisine and not have to, you know, perform or anything. But just, you know do whatever I wanted to do, not have to talk to anybody, not have to engage with anyone after my day. I could totally just check out if I wanted to. And that's not the case when you're married. You have to put away your your own desires maybe to like check out and just watch Netflix or whatever and not do anything um, and actually care about another person, like ask them about their day. And um, that's a very refining process as well. I will say that since I've been married, um, and I'm sure I'll, everybody else would say this too, and even more so if you have kids at some point, but um, I think everyone says that they didn't really know like how selfish they were until they got married <laughs> because like things that you take for granted, like what TV show you're going to watch, what kind of food you're going to eat, what kind of recipes you can cook, what, and, and even more so like, what are you going to spend your money on? You know, you have to both agree with what, you know, what you're spending your money on or like your goals for your marriage. Um, 
you know, like bigger things like that, uh, you have to agree. So that's, that's also important. Um, I think too, like, um, I know that one of the churches that I attended while I was single had a mentorship, like a discipleship program for older women and to mentor younger women. And it didn't matter if they were like married or single, but it just helps to have an older woman in your life or men to have an older guy in your life to, to help you with that character development, to help you walk through, um, through stuff. And then just to show you like, just from their own life experience, like what they would have done differently and everything. I think that's really helpful as well. Yeah, man, that's so good. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I think Juliana brought up a really good point. Just having community in your life, uh, single or married, would no matter what your relationship status is, uh, remember if you are walking with Jesus, that is the number one priority. And any married couple, any godly married couple can tell you that, and any Christian single can tell you that that should be your number one uh, focus in life. Now, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, in Genesis, it talks about God created Adam and Eve, but uh, I actually heard in a podcast not too long ago that there there was a guy who got on there and he was single until he was about 42 years old. And he talked about how he thinks that Adam may have been single for a little bit before God made Eve. Um, he, because before, uh, I didn't realize this for, for quite a while, but before God made Eve, uh, he actually told Adam to name the animals. So he gave Adam basically kind of his purpose. And no, not my uh, brother Adam. Um but he gave uh, him a purpose. He, he was single and alone at first. And God told him, hey, go name the animals. And Adam went and named all the animals. And I would imagine this is not a quick process. Uh, this had to have take, t taken time. Now, why God created snakes and lizards, I do not know. But he did. And uh, unfortunately, I have to live with that. But uh, yeah, so I think that we have to search for essentially our purpose during a time of singleness. Um, now, one of the things that I kind of want to quickly touch on before we wrap up is I have a dear friend of mine and she uh, was talking about how it's difficult for women to uh, find a guy who loves Jesus. And honestly, I think this can apply for guys as well. Uh, but she had mentioned that one of the challenges challenges that she faces, and as well as I know other women who face this as well, is finding finding a guy who genuinely has good character and loves Jesus. Now, this is what I'll say to that. Whether you're a guy or a girl and you're pursuing someone or hoping to get married, please have community in your life godly community in your life. Here's why. Those people around you, if they begin to see red flags, they should be the ones that are bringing that up to you. Now, I say this because I know people who have got married and there was red flags along the way and it was brought up and they simply ignored it. Now, with that said, that does not, if they get married or anything like that, every marriage is going to be broken in some capacity. 
You're going to have brokenness that comes into it. Nobody's going to be perfect walking into marriage. But if you can do whatever it takes to prevent more chaos stepping into a marriage, do it. Do it now. Proverbs talks about this. I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it talks about you know, being stuck in a house with a nagging wife <laughs> or same thing with a nagging husband. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to be stuck in a house to where you're miserable. And that's kind of what I talked about earlier. One of the myths is you can't be lonely in a marriage. Now, I've talked to married people before. And if you get into an argument, I've been told that if you're in two separate rooms, that can be one of the loneliest feelings that you have because you literally have a person 10 feet away from you, but you can't talk to each other. So, I say this because it's so vital that we allow people to put their input in our lives. Now, these people should be people who love Jesus. Let's be clear on that. The world has one standard of relationships, and Christians have another standard of relationships. And so, invite people into that relationship. If people around you, if more than one person around you is saying, I don't know if now is the time to be pursuing someone, I think you should listen. And if somebody says, if more than one person says, hey, I don't know if you should be, be with that person, maybe you should listen. Because maybe there's something that you they see that could affect your marriage down the road. And now, with that said, again, God can redeem what is broken i've seen it happen and friends that i know and maybe got married they just rushed into it and the thing is marriage is meant for life it's till death do you part and so it's a huge commitment that you're making it's not a commitment that we're making to a job or anything like that no this is god takes this covenant very seriously and if we're going to commit to a lifetime of this we need to make sure that our heart is in line with the will of the father and that our motives are pure and holy and that's why we need people around us to help us out now um there's a lot more i probably want to touch on in this topic in the future but this is the first episode and we're just kind of getting our feet wet and this is my first official podcast and I'm so excited that I was able to get Juliana and Adam on the podcast today. Now, in the future, I do hope to make many more podcasts to come. Um, and uh, through that, I would love to hear feedback. Now, I do have my own email for this podcast, and I also have options to donate as well. Now, you're not, you don't feel obligated to donate or anything like that, but uh, the email that I have attached to this pod- podcast is contemporarycontroversypodcast at gmail.com. Now, this should be in the link in Spotify and Apple Podcasts and whatever other platform this is on. Uh, there is also, also options to donate as well, which there's a PayPal as well as a, a Venmo account as well. And again, this should be in the link in description in the podcast um, title. Now, if you feel led to donate or anything like that, just to give you an idea of what these funds will be put towards, 15% of this will go towards Compassion International. 
another percentage of that will go towards just helping the building of this podcast. Uh, I did not realize this at first, but podcasting definitely takes uh, time and resources. Uh, and anything left over will just be used for what I would see best fit for uh, growing uh, maybe this podcast or just maybe helping others out in whatever way I can. Um, thanks for joining us on the Contemporary Controversy Podcast, and we'll join you next time. Thanks. Bye.